Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Your Ben Jarofsky Show for Thursday, July 8th, is brought to you by SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana, the Chicago Federation of Labor, the Chicago Teachers Union, their sponsors now. And Chicago Reader, chicagoreader.com for all things that there is to know the city of Chicago, where to go, what to do, what to eat, what to drink, what kind of pot to smoke, and so much more. Go check it out, Chicago Reader, chicagoreader.com. Subscribe. And if you want to help out this program, you can. Chicagoreader.com forward slash Jarofsky, J-O-R-A, V as in victory, S-K-Y. There you can become a binhead. Find out more information, chicagoreader.com. It is Thursday, July 8th, and live from my apartment and his attic, this is The Ben Jarofsky Show. Today on the program, it's all things the previous city council meeting with Mr. Bike, Mr. City Council, Mr. Good-Looking, Dave Glowatz. And now your host, Mr. Decent Looking, (laughs) Chicago Reader columnist Ben Jarofsky. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. Just call me Good Looking Ben. Yes, we're (laughs) Benny J. Good Looking. Uh, Nobody's ever called me Good Looking before. Hey, Good Looking, what you got cooking? Sorry. You are Good Looking. Here, look at this mirror. Oh, my God, you broke it. Okay. Okay. Where was I? Oh, yes. We're calling this Joe Meets Maga Thursday, and here's why. (laughs) (laughs) Joey B was in Crystal Lake yesterday. He was in and out. I think he was there for about an hour. Uh, That's the plane landing. That's the car driving to Crystal Lake. That's the speech. Car. No, I have a speech. This was a speech. Play the radio. Make sure the television, excuse me, make sure you have the record player on at night. Really? The the phone. Make sure the kids hear words. Mm. (laughs) D, it's very important. The kids hear words, all right? How many times have I told you that? Go Bulls. Huh. <laughs> I love Tony Kukic. Oh, God. Thank goodness he didn't get, get it mixed up and say, go Bucks. I know he was in like Northern <laughs> Illinois, so he got all mixed up. Anyway, come on. No more Joe Biden jokes. Where was I? Oh, yeah. He was in Crystal Lake. That's McHenry County, also known as MAGA country. As in, we love Donnie Trump and hate anyone who doesn't love Donnie Trump and don't care about anything other than utter devotion and dedicated to all things Trump. And so if you don't begin each day by dropping to your knees and swearing an oath of allegiance to Donald Trump, we hate you too. 
And that is the crew Joe Biden is trying to win over with his infrastructure bill. Good luck to President Joe. By the way, Dave Glowitz has joined us. Dave Glowitz has joined us. I'm always delighted to report that our guest is here early. And he has a sound turned down. So you're not going to hear like any embarrassing tweaks and phone calls that he gets because he's a professional. Where was I? Oh, yes. Joe Biden's strategy. We call it the Monroe Doctrine. So named for Monroe Anderson, legendary Chicago columnist who appears in the show every Wednesday, generally to gently or not so gently remind me how wrong I was to endorse Bernie Sanders and how right he was to vote for Joe Biden in the Democratic primary last year. Monroe's position is that if Biden hits the road from time to time to visit Magaland, he can remind the Magites of all the good things he's done for them, despite all the nasty things they say about him. And so that eventually they will reward him with their votes. Good luck with that, Joe. So essentially, the plan is to appeal to the reasonable side of hardcore ideologues to convince them to change their minds and behavior. Well, this will make an interesting case study. By chance, Biden's visit to Crystal Lake occurred on... The day, a very sad day in Chicago, that three undercover law enforcement officers were shot on the south side of Chicago. Thankfully, none of them were killed, both all injured. One was a Chicago police officer. Two others were federal agents. Biden did not mention these officers in the speech he read at Crystal Lake and said he did not deviate from the prepared text about his infrastructure plan and how it was going to bring benefits to Magalan. I can absolutely guarantee you folks that his not mentioning those three officers who were shot will absolutely positively be the main takeaway MAGA's media outlets like Fox take away from this visit. Here and now, he did not even mention the officers. MAGA has a curious attitude when it comes to police officers. When it comes to police officers who patrol the streets of cities filled with black people, they support them 100%. Blue Lives Matter. But when it comes to the lives of police officers who guard the U.S. Capitol from attack by Trump supporters fired up by too much Trump, then they hit him over the head with hockey sticks and fire extinguishers and spray them with pepper spray and call them pussies. Yes. Don't believe me? It's in the footage, folks. By the way, who the hell brings a hockey stick to a rally? I still can't figure that one. So anyway, cops are always good unless they're protecting people from enraged megaites, then they're pussies. Like I said, it's a little confusing. Speaking of confusing, have you seen the latest critical race legislation to come out of Magaron state capitals? Man, things are really weird. Things are happening uh, with the feed. I hope we're still feeding. I hope our live feed is still working. Anyway, speaking of confusing, have you seen the latest critical race legislation to come out of Magaron state capitals? They banned the teaching in any public school of any history class that make any member of any single group feel bad. Talk about snowflakes. It's called the Protect the Hurt Feelings of White People Act. What a challenge. Try to figure out a race-neutral way to teach the history of slavery. Do not mention that the slave owners are white and the slaves are black. MAGA believes in the constitutionally protected liberty to say what you will, no matter how insulting it is to other people. Unless, of course, you're saying it about them. Then it's, oh, my feelings are hurt? Don't say it. I will not allow you to say it. When MAGA's done rewriting American history so it's acceptable to teach in Tennessee, it'll be black people picking on white people by hurting their feelings with references to slavery. Back to Joe and Crystal Lake, stumping for his American Families Plan. According to the Sun-Times, Lynn Sweet, the American Families Plan will immediately put money into MAGA's pocket. Here's what she wrote from today's Sun-Times. I'll now read it. <clears throat> 
In Illinois, under a program Biden signed into law, thousands of families with adjusted gross incomes of less than $150,000 will find on July 15th new money in their bank accounts. You'll get the cash, Biden said. The money will be payment of an enhanced child tax credit of between $250 and $300 for each child under the age of 17. The monthly payments will run through December. Biden wants to extend them to 2025. According to the Illinois Department of Revenue, McHenry County has more than 32,000 children under the age of 17 listed on the taxpayer returns with an adjusted income of less than $150,000. It's a lot of money in a lot of people's pockets in McHenry County. Thanks to Joe Biden. So, do you think MAGA will be appreciate the money that's in their pocket? And turn around and vote for Joe Biden. If I know Megan, I'll take the money and vote for Trump or some other Trump head. Sometimes it makes me wish Lori Lightfoot was president. She wouldn't try to win over MAGA. If she treated MAGA like she treats all her people in the Chicago City Council, like Jeanette Taylor, she would say, oh, how do I, would she put it? Don't come to me for shit if you don't vote for my budget. Oh, if only the Democrats treated MAGA as harshly as they treat each other. We got a great show today, everybody. Dave Glowatz, yes, Dave Glowatz, the man that hit the legend from inside government, the man who follows and tracks the Chicago City Council like nobody else is here. He's got, well, I think he's got five clips from recent Chicago City Council meetings. (laughs) He's counting them down now. He's got to put away his bicycle bell because in his other existence, he is Mr. Bike, but we have not had a Mr. Bike conversation in ages. Instead, it's all business, all Chicago City Council. So, Dave Glowatz, welcome back to the show. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me, and thank you to Dennis for facilitating. Yes. So, uh, as we do every day when Dave Glowatz comes on the show, I begin, I wake up early and begin my day with a phone call to Glowatz, uh, bright and early, about five in the morning when I rise. Uh, just kidding. I think that was 5 a.m. sometime somewhere in the Pacific Ocean. No, the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah, yeah. usually about 11.45. What do you got for me? Well, today we're going to talk about... Oh, go ahead. No, I'm just going to say it. He never tells me what he has specifically, so it's a surprise to me. Take it away, Dave Glowatz. And you always want me to tell you. To, yes. It's like, just a temptation. Uh, you know, you, 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 you do improv so well, so I don't understand why you, uh, you keep wanting to prep. But today, then, we'll talk about three, three meetings of the full Chicago City Council that took place just before Independence Day. For two June meetings of the City Council, most aldermen attended in person, as did I, with uh, a few there via video conference. Wait, hold on. Time out on the playing field. This is breaking news that I was not aware of. As Dennis would say, you were actually in the city council chambers. You yourself, you weren't watching on TV. Correct. Very good. Were you wearing a mask? Unlike most aldermen, yes, I was wearing a mask. All members of the press corps who were there were masked. But um, I don't know. It's I don't know how long that's going to hang on because aldermen clearly, you know, they're bending down over each other's desks and getting <laughs> each other's faces. Nobody really seems to think that a mask is uh, 
fact, I was in a, a couple. Maybe you've experienced this too in retail establishments. There are there are now signs going up and say masks not needed for those who are vaccinated. You've seen that, haven't you? I've seen signs like that, and that we're in a tangent within a tangent. Uh, I generally wear my mask anyway. Uh, I just am a mask guy. I have a feeling we're going to get hit again uh, with another wave of the pandemic. Uh, but when I'm curious, so you say the media, the reporters wear their masks, but the aldermen and the mayor do not wear their masks. Is is it there a requirement that the, the reporters have to wear their masks or the reporters following some sort of social distancing guideline that they have created for themselves? I suspect it's more the latter than the former because I didn't see any indication, nor was I given any indication that I had to wear a mask. But, you know, just walking into the building, I had it on. And then when I got there, every other reporter was wearing theirs. And even running around the floor of the council after the meeting, you know, there's usually this press scrum where, you know, getting quotes and stuff. All the journalists had their masks on talking to aldermen who didn't have masks on. Wow. So bizarre. It's like the NBA playoffs. I'll just say this. A player plays without his mask, leaves the court, sits down on the bench and puts a mask on. And um, they're socially distanced on when there's it's not even a bench. They're sitting in individual sections these days because for, you know, to protect against COVID. I'm like, why do you put the mask? What is <laughs> what, are you more infectious when you're not playing the game? Whatever. Hey, tangent within a tangent. I sorry. Continue. It's, it's like government officials when they go to the lectern to speak, they're the only ones speaking and spewing aerosols, but they take their mask off. You know, it's yes. everyone else should take their mask off. They should put their mask on. Good point. Uh, so anyway, there, there were a handful of aldermen who did have masks on, like uh, who who were uh, I could off the top of my head. Scott Wagesbeck, uh, Jeanette Taylor, um, a few others. And there were a few aldermen who were there via video conference. But uh, it looks like that's going to that's gonna persist for a while, where most of them will show up. Some will elect to stay away. Okay. So, as I say, Dennis, please, will do defer first. Oh, yes. And... Uh, I'm going to talk about the June 23 meeting, which was the originally scheduled monthly meeting, which didn't go as planned. The expected drama, I think most people thought, would be around renaming Outer Lakeshore Drive in honor of Jean-Baptiste Pointe du Sable. That's, I've learned the French pronunciation, du Sable. Uh, that drama didn't materialize, but a different one did. And here's how it happened. After the usual public comments at the start of the meeting, Budget Committee Chair Alderman Pat Dowell began with her committee's first order of business. Let's listen. Chair recognizes Chairman Dowell, the Budget Committee. The Committee on the Budget and Government Operations recommends approval of the appointment of Celia Meza as Corporation Counsel of the Department of Law. The Chair recognizes Alderman Cardenas. I'm proud to join this resolution in congratulating Celia Meza. The chair recognizes Alderman Lopez. Thank you, Madam President, and good morning, colleagues. In light of everything going on with Ms. Anjanette Young, Alderman Taylor, and I move to defer and publish this item. Thank you. Alderman Vegas. I'd ask my colleague to reconsider that motion, and let's take a look at uh, working forward to... <laughs> I just, I, this is, I, I, think, I think we should reconsider that motion, too. Chair recognizes Alderman Lopez. 
According to our rules, motion to defer and publish is not debatable. Two members have called it. We must proceed. Chair recognizes Alderman Maldonado. As a Latino members of this body, I really will urge my dear friend, Alderman of the 15th Ward, to reconsider his motion. This is a very, very important nomination. The chair recognizes Alderman Austin. You're absolutely right. It is non-debatable, but I think this sets a precedent that shouldn't be. We should allow this individual to be seated. The chair recognizes Alderman Taylor. When do we stop playing the game of mistreating people in our community? So this ain't about that. And so I second Alderman Lopez. I'm not changing it. The chair recognizes Alderman Dow. I know that Alderman Taylor did not attend the meeting. Alderman Lopez, I believe you were there. This issue never came up. This was not a, a topic of discussion. The chair recognizes Alderman Robles. I, too, would respectfully ask to defer this matter that you just brought up. We need to do some work in the city of Chicago, and we can't do it if we don't have the head of the corporation council with us. Alderman Spazato. I motion to adjourn this meeting and reconvene on Friday at 11 o'clock. Is there a second? Second. Your motion is to recess? To recess, I'm sorry. Madam Clerk, please call the roll. Alderman Laspata. No. No, no, sir. The roll call is starting. We will have the roll. No, sir. No, sir. I, I, I do not believe that that is correct. I do not believe that that's correct, sir. No. I'm ruling. I'm ruling you out of order. A roll call vote is started. I would like to correct you, sir. Rule 21 says that we can adjourn to a date certain, take a recess, or so forth. So Rule 21 allows for the motion that Alderman Spazato has put. Council will stand at ease for five minutes. So let me decode a couple of things here. Um, well, Alderman Dow said that Taylor, Alderman Jeanette Taylor, the 20th Ward, didn't attend the meeting. And she was referring to a June 16 meeting of the Budget Committee, which had had a confirmation hearing for Celia Meza as Mayor Lori Lightfoot's proposed Corporation Council, which at this meeting, the full City Council meeting, was the item that Alderman Lopez called to defer and publish or defer to the next scheduled meeting. So that's that's was what was Alderman Dowell's way of saying, well, this should have come up at the budget committee meeting if you were going to spring this. And just for listeners' benefit, uh, has been re reported widely, uh, Taylor and Lopez were using this maneuver to pressure the mayor's administration to uh, move on a negotiation with Ms. Anjanette Young, the woman who was found to have wrongfully been raided by the Chicago Police Department, is in the midst of um, uh, lawsuit settlements. And Taylor in particular believes that um, uh, Ms. Young is getting uh, the shaft by the administration. So that's the reason for this uh, maneuver. Later on in that piece, we heard 38th Alderman, Alderman, 38th Ward Alderman Nick Spazzato move to adjourn, which made sense from the mayor's standpoint. And shall I explain why? Go ahead. Well, if the mayor wants to get the council to vote on her appointment of Ms. Mesa as the corporation council, the chief lawyer, 
the next possible time she could do it is at the next city council meeting. That's what the defer and publish motion means. The earliest, because of the State Open Meetings Act, that the city council could have another meeting is 48 hours because state law requires 48 hours public notice for a public meeting. So Spazzato moving to adjourn made sense until uh, she asked him if he meant recess instead of adjourn, and he said yes. And then we called for a vote on the motion. And then, then we heard all, Ninth Ward Alderman Anthony Beale in the background saying that if the council recesses, it's the same meeting. It's not a new meeting. So there can't be a vote. And so, you know, so finally the mayor, I guess, got it. And she hit pause. And uh, that's what we heard at the end, that the, the council was stand at recess for a moment. So uh, then it was a very interesting time, and I'll tell you what I saw. Immediately she went to huddle, the mayor went to huddle with the law department's, I call him the mayor whisperer. He's the, he's the, the law guy who's always sitting at the mayor's side during council meetings, Jeff Levine. Mm-hmm. And then she had a chat with Rules Committee Chair Alderman Michelle Harris, And then that's the point at which she famously motioned to the back of the room and went to the back of the room. And you know what happened next. Yes. Uh, Are you done with your recitation? Because that was really well done. If there's anything more. Okay. Uh, Really well done, Dave. You earn every nickel that we pay you uh, for this and more. And more. Yes, much more. Uh, That was well done. And uh, it's so much. uh, I, I just take delight in. By the way, we're going to have a, a discussion. I'm going to have a discussion uh, upon our bonus with uh, Maria Haddon, Alder Woman of the 49th Ward. I told David that I was going to re- remind people of this. Uh, so that conversation will come later. I'm going to play for her this clip, uh, Dave, and get her to analyze it. It'll be fun to hear it because so much there's so much embedded in this about Chicago. <clears throat> and, and, and one thing uh, that strikes me right away is that there are rules that govern the meeting the Chicago city council meeting parliamentary rules uh, that they're supposed to follow. And uh, Maria hadn't just made the argument that if you don't follow the rules, it's disorder uh, and there's no logic to it. And the mayor can do what she wants by just changing the rules and interpretations of the rules at all times. Uh, The mayor is very precise when it comes to uh, the rules, when she believes other people have broken them. And so when she believes other people have broken the rules, she says, you're out of order. You can't talk. The rules say specifically X, Y, Z, you know, in other words, rules are written in stone. When it comes to aldermen who make mistakes, but when the mayor makes a mistake, rules are written in sand. Uh, so, oh boy, my good friend, Nikki Spazzato got it right. He wanted to adjourn the meeting. She said she got it wrong. She called for a recess. He being obliging as he is with the mayor, Nick, you're a little too obliging with the mayor, just saying, agreed to drop, switch, adjourn for recess, which was a mistake. Beal pounces. It's unbelievable. So you're either going to follow the rules or you don't follow the rules. Are you going to be forgiving when some people break a rule and then hope that they'll be forgiving to you? You know, like you're playing pickup basketball and uh, no harm, no foul. So someone just sort of slaps your wrist. You're going to call foul every time. This is just like the, this is so Chicago, Dave. Many times we've had discussions on our old podcast where we're talking about the bizarre Byzantine rules that govern placement on a ballot. 
and what candidates have to do to get on the ballot. And when a challenger makes a mistake in his petition or in his signatures to get on the ballot, the lawyers for the incumbent will go, he has violated the rules. These are the sacred rules that govern this process. How can you expect to be an effective legislator if you can't follow the rules? And then some hearing officer who is hoping that if he or she makes enough favorable rulings, he or she will get promoted to judge goes, I agree. And the guy gets kicked off the ballot. But then when the incumbent makes a mistake, that same lawyer goes, come on. It's just like he inverted a couple letters. We a nitpicking. And this is, so, art, this is an artifact as we've talked before, Ben, yes. about of having the presiding officer of the city council meeting happening to be the chief executive of the executive branch as opposed to one of the council's own people. Can you imagine how this whole thing would be different if it was one of the council members who was presiding over the meeting? Absolutely. And it starts with committee chairs. The bizarre way we run the city council, the mayor effectively selects the committee chairs. So the committee chairs are all loyal to the mayor and they feel tremendous conflict many times between the pressure that the mayor applies to them and what they want to do. We had Sue Sidlowski Garza on the show the uh, last week, 10th Ward Alderman, uh, an ally of Mayor uh, Lightfoot, was appointed to uh, head the Labor Committee. But she's also a Chicago Teachers Union member. She was, a, for years, a counselor at Jane Addams School on the south side of Chicago. And so she feels that pressure, that conflict, you know. So, yes, if, if it was a legitimate separation of government, the city council would name its own committee chairs. The city council would have, I don't know, who would they would appoint to run the meeting? I, President Pro Tem, I don't know. Somebody, they would appoint somebody to just run the meeting. Um, you know, uh, and uh, the mayor, what would the mayor do? Would the mayor even be at meetings? I don't even know if the mayor know. has to be at a does, meeting. Does President Biden go to, to go to meetings at the U.S. House of Representatives? You know, it just doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. But the whole point, the whole setup the whole setup is intended to remind Chicagoans that the mayor is the most powerful person in the city. The mayor, like if you go to a city council meeting, the mayor's at the podium, the rostrum that overlooks the city council. She's got that gavel. We heard her whacking that gavel. That's good thing that at the end, boom, boom. She wasn't even hitting it that hard. Man, mayor, old man, uh, Richard M. Daly would get so mad and uh, fear ready sometimes. get red in the face. Be banging that gavel. Mother, bang, bang. So she's over them. She looks down over them. She rules and who's in order and who's out of order and who gets to speak and who doesn't get to speak. She cuts off their mics. <laughs> it's like that the whole thing is to reinforce in your mind, Chicagoans, how important and powerful the mayor is, because that's what you're taught to believe at your earliest age. If you're a Chicagoan, that the mayor is at the center of the universe and everything revolves around the mayor. That's what you're taught, Chicagoans, and you believe it. Here's a fun fact. Here's a fun fact, Ben, that Richard M. Daly uh-huh. would sit at the um, at the rostrum during city council meetings. And when Rahm Emanuel became mayor, he opted to stand. You know, Rahm Emanuel is in really great shape, right? You know, he's a former dancer and he's a distance bicycle rider and swimmer <laughs> and all that stuff. So he would stand throughout oh. the entire meeting. 
<laughs> which is a, a, a practice that Mira Lightfoot has continued. Oh, she, she stands as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She's a, she's in great shape too. That's that's important. Chicago and see their mayor standing up. See how good shape a mayor is. Chicagoans take pride in the mayor. So yeah, so that that was classic. Uh, the different rules. I could do a whole. I've done it for the show. We've talked so much about the fur published on the show, Dave, uh, and the, the selective ways it's used. So in that particular instance, Jeanette Taylor and the tag team with Raymond Lopez uh, to use it to uh, stall. Mayor Lightfoot's appointment. She's outraged. Uh, just the meeting before, Mayor Lightfoot's uh, uh, allies use it to stall David Moore and Sophia King's proposal to change the name of Lakeshore Drive. So again, it's like selective outrage. They're outraged that you would do something like the and not tell them. That's the other thing. Like Pat Dow, <laughs> you you could have said at a previous meeting, you wouldn't even show up. Like Jeanette Taylor was on the show last week, Dave. She goes, why should I tell them my tactics? You know what I mean? Like, like uh, sir, we're going to protest, you know, your policy. So we're going to tell you what we're doing. So what? So you can undercut our protest? Those used to getting their way aren't happy generally when it comes back, comes back at them, right? And we saw, you know, the thing that we haven't named here is uh, what happened after that clip is Mayor Lightfoot went down to the back room and had a tete-a-tete with Alderman Taylor, where uh, Alderman Taylor reports that uh, Mayor Lightfoot said that she felt disrespected, and Alderman Taylor certainly felt the same thing. And they had uh, like a minute and a half conversation, at which point, Mayor Lightfoot shook her head and walked away and came back up to uh, the rostrum. And I want to tell you what happened next, if I may. Go ahead. Uh, Dennis, please, we're going to do Holt next. So she, Mayor Lightfoot went back up to the front, and she talked for a couple of minutes with 26th Ward Alderman Roberto Maldonado, who is the chair of Latino Caucus. Then she talked again with Mr. Levine from the Corporation Council. Then she had a conversation with Public Safety Committee Chair Chris Taliaferro, and then another conversation with Levine, and then finally with Alderman Harris. Meanwhile, while this is going on, all the other men are just kind of like looking lost and standing <laughs> around, you know. Like. <laughs> so finally, we're foot- breathing on each other yeah, without exactly. their masks, yeah, looking yeah. lost and breathing on each yeah, other. Go exactly. ahead. <laughs> finally, Lightfoot called the meeting back to order, and here's what happened. The chair recognizes Chairman Talley Farrell, Public Safety. Reporting for your committee on public safety, for which a meeting was held on June 18, 2021. Item number one, the appointment of Annette Nance Holt as commissioner of the Chicago Fire Department. How can they do that out of order? Madam President, uh, asking for the temporary suspension of the rules to report out as committee on public safety. We were in the middle of a roll call vote. Please don't yell out, folks. There's a motion to suspend the rules to take up the uh, nomination of Annette Holt. What about Is there the roll call? We started a roll call. The roll call was suspended. Roll call. Alderman Burke. Can't do that. As you recall, we went into recess. There's a motion to suspend the rules to take up the nomination of Annette Holt. Hearing no objections, so ordered. Hearing no objections. He wasn't hearing what we were hearing, evidently. So it, it's priceless, man. So it, it gets kind of surreal after that. Wait, who said you can't do that? I, I couldn't. You don't know. I believe that was um, Alderman. Um, uh, uh, Jesus. 
uh, not Alderman Jesus. Uh, he's not in the council anymore. <laughs> um, uh, I'll get back to you on that. Yeah, it doesn't uh, matter. It's just uh, so funny. You can't do that. It's just like an honest, you know, just what? <laughs> you can't, you're just making up the rules as you go along. So, you know, what happened after that is the council launched into the process of process of confirming another mayor, mayoral appointment, namely that of Fire Commissioner Annette Nance Holt. Mm-hmm. And then they just, you know, after that initial outrage, the aldermen slipped into their usual routine where they stood up one by one and heaped praise on Ms. Holt. And the mayor's staff, mayor's staff even trotted out three dignitaries to sit with Ms. Holt. And they were State Senator Jacqueline Collins, U.S. Representative Robin Kelly, and a third person who was a white guy from the South Side. And I'm wondering who you can guess who he was. A white guy from the South Side? Been in the news a lot lately. Oh, Father Flager. It was Father Flager, yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, that, hey, by the way, been in the news lately, you take <laughs> lately out of that sentence. <laughs> He's in the news, Father Flager. So that was kind of a wild thing that they, they went ahead and just proceeded with business. So uh, that's all I've got to say about that. Well, I, uh, that was hilarious. Uh, and again, we will definitely be running uh, that, that tape by uh, that recording by uh, uh, Maria Haddon. Uh, and I just want to say this about the uh, quote unquote conversation, very euphemistic uh, way of describing Dave, the uh, exchange between Mayor Lori Lightfoot and Alderwoman Jeanette Taylor that took place at the bank. Too bad they didn't have that recorded. Uh, I have only what uh, Jeanette Taylor's uh, recollection of it. Uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot has not felt compelled to go into specifics. Uh, and Jeanette Taylor was on the show and you can hear, you can listen to uh, her uh, rendition of what went down, but uh, Lori Lightfoot really got in her face and uh, I thought she was very disrespectful. She owes Jeanette Taylor an apology. Uh, but the, the essential point that Mayor Lloyd Lightfoot was making is that um, it was rude and disrespectful for Jeanette Taylor uh, to defer and publish uh, and deny uh, Celia Meza her opportunity to be immediately confirmed as corporation counsel as opposed to making her wait two days. And I'll point out one more time that that parliamentary maneuver of deferred publish was used by Mayor Lori Lightfoot in just the previous meeting. Didn't we talk about it, Dave? Didn't we talk about that, the, the previous meeting? Uh, maybe not, about um, uh, deferring and publish uh, the, on the matter of um, uh, renaming Lakeshore Drive or Sophia King had her hand in the air raised and ready to have a roll call. I played that. Yes, and Mayor Lightfoot instead somehow or other didn't see Sophia King and could only see Brian Hopkins. She only has eyes for Hopkins. <laughs> and so I was like, come on, Mayor Lightfoot. Don't, don't, you can't be outraged by things that other people do that are exactly the same as what you do. You know, then your outrage is just not real. It's just like, I'm the boss. I get to do whatever I want, even if what I do today contradicts what I do tomorrow, et cetera, and so forth. So just want to point that out. If you want to hear more, check out our interview with Jeanette, uh, Alderwoman Jeanette Taylor. Back to you, Dave. But wait, there's more of this saga. Dennis, please, we're going to do adjourn next. 
So after the council confirmed Ms. Nance Holt and all the dignitaries that were with her exited, everyone not in the know was waiting. Like, what is the mayor's next move going to be? So here it is. Let's listen. Alderman Spisato. I would like to withdraw my motion to adjourn. The chair recognizes Alderman Harris. I've provided an ordinance to the clerk set in the date and time of the next meeting of the city council. Madam Clerk, please read the ordinance. The next regular meeting of the city council on Friday, June 25th, 2021, beginning at 1 p.m. Chair recognizes Alderman Harris. There being no further business before the body, I move that we adjourn by the affirmative vote of all the members present for the roll call to determine quorum. Chair recognizes Alderman Beale. Madam President, we cannot adjourn this meeting because according to our rules of order, there were several Rule 41s that were posted that have to be addressed at this meeting. Alderman Beal, I think you're incorrect. Pursuant to Rule 21, this motion is germane at any time. And I'm going to rule you out of order. Rule 41. Uh, the, chair, the chair has ruled. The chair, rec- the chair recognizes Alderman. Uh, the chair recognizes Alderman. Sir, the chair recognizes Alderman Harris. There being no further business before the body. I move that we adjourn by the affirmative vote of all members present for the roll call to determine quorum. I think we've got to take this step by step. Is your motion to seek approval of the ordinance to set the city council meeting for Friday? That is the pending motion. I ask for clarification. Alderman Burke? Unless I've missed something, the alderman of the 8th Ward, the chairman of the Rules Committee, made a motion to adjourn. Alderman Beal made a motion to lay on the table. That is the motion that takes precedence, and it is not debatable. One moment. Her motion to <laughs> adjourn was premature. She's now moved to adopt the ordinance setting the new date and time for the next city council meeting. The motion was premature. I asked for clarification from the Rules Committee chair. She's clarified that. Your appeal is denied. Standing up and yelling without seeking recognition is not something that's appropriate. I have ruled you appeal the rule, the, uh, the order, the ruling. I have considered your appeal and I've denied it. We are going to we're going to we're going to Alderman Harris. The chair recognizes Alderman Harris. Are we going back to my original motion? Yes, the original motion, which is to, to set the date and time. That's correct. That <laughs> meeting. That's the motion that is pending, and we'll have a roll call on that. Madam Clerk. Are we having a roll call on? On what? The ordinance to set the new <laughs> date and time of the meeting. Is that what you... Just the date and time? We're not adjourning the meeting? We're not there yet, Alderman Beal. I've already said that. Well, I can't tell. <laughs> one minute we're there, one minute we ain't. So we're having right, a ro- right now is the motion on the floor. Are we having a roll call to establish we're doing the date and the time of the meeting? That's correct. So the motion that you'll be voting on, ladies and gentlemen, is a motion to set the new date and time of the meeting for Friday at 1 p.m. Madam Clerk. Alderman Laspada. The motion simply to set the date and time, correct? Yes. <laughs> yes. Alderman Hopkins. I vote aye. Alderman King. Yeah, come back to me. I, I can't. The rules, if you're in the seat, I have to take the roll call. Ladies and gentlemen, we're in the middle of a roll call. Madam <laughs> Alderman King. Does this mean oh, if you vote for this, that if we vote to adjourn, that that would supersede it? 
This is just to vote on the time and place of the date of the meeting. The, Friday the, at one. Adjournment is not before the body. The only motion that's before the body right now is setting a new date and time for the city council meeting. So please. Alderman uh -huh. King? No? Okay. There are 31 yeas. There are 18 nays. The motion passes. The chair recognizes Alderman Harris. My motion is to adjourn this meeting. A motion to lay that on the table? Yes. Alderman, did you call? Pursuant to Rule 21, the motion to adjourn takes precedence over a motion to lay on the table. There's a motion, pending motion to adjourn. Madam Clerk, please call the roll. Let me tell you why this got so confused, I think. Okay. I think that the mayor had a conversation with Alderman Harris, the Rules Committee chair, and said, here's what I want you to do, Michelle. I want you to make a motion to set the date and time of the next meeting, which will be for Friday. We'll have a vote on that. It will presumably pass. Then we'll have a motion to adjourn this meeting so we can get the heck out of here and start over again. And that would presumably pass. So we heard Alderman Harris Say, say the day, the time of the meeting, the next meeting, and then the next words out of her mouth were, so I moved, there being no further business, I move, we adjourn. So she confused. She yeah. got confused. And that, that threw everything into disarray. You heard, you know, that that was like the standing motion to adjourn. So that, that's why things got so crazy. Um, just a technical thing. Alderman Beal uh, invoked Rule 41 which is a city council rule that says when after a committee has passed a motion during its regular meeting, the motion must be acted on at the next city council meeting. So he said, was saying, well, there were a bunch of things that committees passed that we, you know, we should be voting on at this meeting. And I think from my reading of the rules that Mayor Lightfoot got him on a technicality and that the rule says that the action is required after the committee reports to the council, which most of them did not because, you know, we, we never got there. I see. Is, anyway, is, that, is that rule 21? That that you is, kept, yeah, rule 41. No, rule uh, 21, Mayor Lightfoot kept talking about rule 21. Rule 21 is the order of precedence of motions, and it's a hierarchy. So if there is a, we heard um, uh, after the move to adjourn, Alderman Beal said, I move to lay that on the table. Well, the motion to adjourn takes precedence. Uh, lay on table means um, we're going to vote on whether that mo previous motion should exist. Well, a motion to adjourn takes precedence before a motion to lay on the table. So that's that's Rule 21. So that's what Mayor Lightfoot was invoking. So the one I was just talking about is 41, which, which requires uh, city council action on committee passed items. Anyway, when all was said and done, you know, they... They passed the motion to set the date and time of the next meeting, and then they passed the motion to adjourn 27 to 22. It's a pretty close vote. Uh, very well done, Dave, by the way. Uh, and, of course, then there's the all-important uh, Rule 51, which uh, stipulates that the mayor gets to do whatever she wants. Uh, that's a very important rule in the city council which bylaws. It's not on the website. <laughs> rule 51. Good old 51. Uh, but... By the way, uh, the funniest, but there were so many parts of that that were funny. Uh, it made me laugh out loud, just the utter confusion of everybody, which I'm sure our listeners were are equally as confused because it is confusing. And I don't believe anyone 
at any given time actually knew exactly where they were and what they were doing. Number one is somebody said she clarified that. I was laughing. <laughs> Many words I would use for that exchange. Clarification would not be one. Okay. I could not even having listened to that debate and having heard uh, Dave's excellent explanation of that debate. I don't think I could pass a test on what went down uh, in that exchange. Uh, so the, uh, the clarification thing, um, uh, is, uh, very funny. And then just the utter certainty with which, uh, mayor Lori Lightfoot utters things like, uh, you know, uh, uh rule 21 takes precedent over, like she knows what she's doing as opposed to randomly in, enforcing rules uh, as they go. Another thing is poor, Alderman uh, Daniel Espada, a good friend of the show, comes on all the time. He's uh, uh, Dave interviews him as well. First Ward Alderman, rookie Alderman. The reason why I smiled is because he's the first guy that votes. So nobody, I would guarantee you that most Aldermen, at the very least, are confused at this point, despite the assurance that everything has been clarified as to what they're voting on. And yet he has to make a decision and it's 50, 50. You're going to make the right decision, right? Cause it's yes or no. And so he's like, uh, habada, habada. you know what I mean? There's like no instruction. And then we heard Sophia King, who's what I think, well, no, was it Sophia it's King? Four. Yeah. Yeah. So she's, that was Sophia King. It was three aldermen later. She doesn't know what to wait a minute. I need, I, I need an explanation. And Lori Lightfoot's like, no, just vote. <laughs> So, uh, Danny Lespada, you earned your money uh, in that city council meeting by deciphering uh, on the uh, on your feet quickly uh, exactly uh, what the heck was going on. And, um, yeah, utter confusion in the Chicago City Council, and it was brought on uh, by the fact that Mayor Lori Lightfoot essentially threw a hissy fit because they deferred and published on the matter of Celia Meza. And as Dave said, they had a very legitimate reason for deferring and publish. They wanted to protest the way in which uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot and her law department has treated an Anjanette Young. And Mayor Lightfoot's attitude about that is that it's not the alderman's role to say how she or her law department treat Anjanette Young. It's beyond them. And they're merely going to be asked to approve whatever settlement uh, Lori Lightfoot agrees to with Anjanette Young and her attorney, Dave Glowatz. Go ahead. We would be remiss then if we also didn't point out that uh, the other half of the reason for Taylor and Lopez to take that action, they said, was because the city has not moved quickly enough on implementing reform to their raid policy. Yes, that's true. It's it's not just the settlement uh, with Angela Young. It's the entire policy. The raid policy, of course, uh, has to do with wh- when do police use no-knock warrants? Uh, and, uh, you know, it was Which just... arguably is even more in their purview. Yes. I, I would say absolutely everything is in their purview. We, again, ladies and gentlemen, we have a democracy in Chicago. We have an executive branch, the mayor and a legislative branch, the Chicago City Council. The executive branch, uh, through the law department, negotiates settlements. Then they turn to the legislative branch, your city council, and ask them to approve those settlements. Well, let me play devil's advocate for a moment. The oh, negotiation oh, with Ms. Young was currently in negotiation. It had not yet gone to the city council for approval. So if I was the mayor, I have a legitimate, I think, point in saying that the negotiations on the part of the executive branch's law department are ongoing, and it's less in the city city council's wheelhouse than this other point around 
public safety policy uh, in terms of raids. All right. Well, here I will now counter your uh, weak attempt at devil's advocate. Dave loves doing devil's advocate. See, <laughs> just folks, just so let's, you know this. Well, let's, let's skip the ed hominem attack. To the uh, left of me. Okay. You should hear the real weak, Dave. Weak. Weak. That was a good argument. No, it was a good argument. Now, let me uh, explain why I disagree with the uh, point there. Uh, first of all, what Jeanette Taylor was doing, Jeanette came on the show and said this. She was openly acting as an advocate for Aunt Jeanette Young. So you're absolutely correct when you say that the city of Chicago, the law department, uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot's law department, was engaging in some hardball negotiations. And they were playing hardball with Aunt Jeanette Young. And they were trying to force Aunt Jeanette Young to take a settlement that was for less than what Aunt Jeanette Young wants to take. And Jeanette Taylor said, she thought that was unfair to Anjanette Young and that the city should be far more accommodating to her. And so she was in part doing the defer and publish to put pressure on the city to be uh, more generous uh, in its settlement offer to Anjanette Young. Now, the mayor, if I can take the mayor's point of view, would say that she's the chief fiduciary overseer of the budget of the city of council and uh, the city of Chicago. And her purpose in life is to make sure that uh, settlements to injured parties are less because of its less of a burden on the taxpayers. So that would be her argument th that she would make. So she would say uh, that Jeanette Taylor may be standing up for Anjanette Young as a victim of uh, police abuse, but that she was actually uh, hurting the taxpayers of Chicago, to which I'm sure Jeanette Taylor Taylor would say, oh, I would believe that you sincerely cared about the taxpayers of the city of Chicago if you fought, let's say, the Lincoln Yards TIF as opposed to rolling over and allowing that deal, deal to go through. So, you know what I'm saying? It's complicated, give and take. But my, my main point is that at, when they're done with their negotiations, Mayor Lori Lightfoot will turn to the city council and seek their approval of whatever settlement they've reached. That's and true. they won't ask the city. The city council won't get an opportunity really to amend that deal. Well, it'll be technically it'll go it'll go to the finance committee first, and if there's some haggling that needs to be done, it will happen within that committee before it gets to the full city council. Well, either way, it's the city will be saying this is the deal, approve it. And I, I well, the, the finance moment, committee could could not approve it, in, in which case uh, then it's up to the to the law department to decide whether to revise the settlement or to take it to, to court. Yes. And uh, so I don't know when the last time the alderman, uh, maybe you can remember the last time they rejected a settlement deal that uh, the city reached. Uh, oh, it's been done. It's been done. Uh, I can't recall the last time, but I'll tell you this. Uh, the alderman took a lot of uh, heat in 2015, uh, subsequent to, uh, so it probably would have been 2000 and uh, it was 2015 with the Laquan McDonald settlement. Because uh, in that particular instance, the mayor Rahm was the mayor and his law department uh, cut a deal with Laquan McDonald's family for a payout. I think it was $5 million. Right. Uh, this is before the video had been released. And so we were, the aldermen were asked just to prove this. Uh, and, and in the aftermath, the aldermen took the heat because one, not that in that case, that the, the amount of money to the family was uh, unfair. That I don't think that was uh, the issue or the amount was too much. The issue was that they uh, were forced to uh, approve the settlement without seeing all the terms of the, without seeing all the details of the shooting. So they didn't really know what they were approving. So in its own little way, it's sort of like the 
parking meter deal. They were being asked to approve something in ignorance. And so when Jeanette Taylor and uh, Raylo stood up and deferred and published in their own way, uh, they were demanding a say in the process. They were using whatever influence they had at the very least to influence the process. And Mayor Lori Lightfoot was upset with that. I'm sure Rom would have just blown up his mind at the thought that anybody tell him and his law department how to uh, operate. So I can't well, even well, one imagine. Of the, one of the differences is that Taylor and Lopez were operating from a position of uh, knowledge as opposed to ignorance. When you say that you know, during the Laquan McDonald settlement or when the city council approved the McDonald settlement, the city council had no idea what had gone down here. Whereas with the Anjanette Young case, everybody knows what yeah. went on there. So that's, that is a significant difference. And, and, and another difference uh, to your point, another difference, uh, Dave, is that the Chicago City Council is a, a different body in many ways, uh, in its tone and tenor with the mayor than it was with Rahm and with Daly. Just uh, listen to those recordings. Yes, there's, there's, much, there's much more independence, small I, just people willing to stand up to the mayor. Uh, and uh, they're not, people who were elected on their promise and pledge not to be a rubber stamp. Jeanette Taylor ran one of her platforms, one of her promises that she would just not routinely rubber stamp whatever decision the mayor said. Daniel Espada, first ward, we mentioned him. He did the same. Maria Haddon, 49th ward, she did the same. You know, uh, it's just a whole new crew of characters in the Chicago City Council. And that is, they promised that they would speak up and use their platform to try to put a check on the mayor. So it's a different word. And the mayor's frustrated with that. That said, Dave, she won the motions uh, that you, as you pointed out, she won the 31 to eight. It's so funny how they vote like 31 to 18 was the motion passed to, uh, to set the date of the next meeting. Okay. But then it was just 27, 22 to adjourn. Why would you vote to set the date of the next meeting and then vote not to adjourn? You know, Maybe some, maybe, some people, maybe some people got a little upset by the way things went down. Well, let's talk, let's maybe talk, they didn't know what they were voting on. There's always talk, that. Let's talk about an alderman who uh, was not in that cadre you're talking about of uh, independence who who successfully bucked the mayor. If I if I may, go ahead, Dennis. Please, we'll do sign next. As we spoke about earlier, the subsequent meeting took place on Friday, June 25. And that meeting lasted four and a half hours. And that meeting included the now famous or infamous Lakeshore Drive naming compromise. Um, I won't say the whole name, but we know what it is. which passed 33 to 15. Also included in that meeting was a passage of something called the Shy Biz Strong Initiative, which is uh, motion number SO2021-2592A. And this is a package of law in which the Lightfoot administration proposed relaxing some business licensing and regulation rules and gives financial relief, the intent being that post-pandemic, many businesses are struggling and the administration wants to streamline the way that licensing and regulation happens. What we're going to hear is parts of the discussion around this ordinance, which starts with License and Consumer Protection Chair Alderman Emma Mitz. Let's listen. 
Chairman Mitz. An ordinance to amend the municipal code regarding licensing and other business-related regulation. Alderman Riley. There is one item in this ordinance that is objectionable to me and I know several of my colleagues, and that's uh, Article 7 that impacts our role in the approval of public right-of-way permits and outdoor cafes. All of the conversation was tied up with this 60 days that businesses are, are forced to wait until ordinance is passed to make these permits official. We could change the way we operate as a chamber and as a matter of protocol, issue these permits to these businesses so long as the alderman has signed off and then we can get around to passing that ordinance down the road. But then no one's waiting for it. While we also would then be preserving our role in the formal approval process. I'm moving per rule 17 to divide the question and consider Article 7 separately from the rest of the ordinance. And I believe I have a second. The chair recognizes Alderman Harris. To lay that motion on the table. Roll call. Just so we're clear, there will be a roll call. Alderman Riley has moved to separate out Article 7, which pertains to the right of way. Chairman Harris has moved to lay it on the table. So if you vote no, it's to proceed with Alderman Riley's motion. The yeas are 20, the nays are 29. The motion to lay it on the table fails. Alderman Lopez. I can tell you that there's usually a two-month lag between the time my signature goes on a piece of paper, on an application, and given back to a business before BACP comes before this body with an ordinance. That is not two months of us foot-dragging. That is two months of the bureaucratic process slowing things down. Alderman Smith. When you say you don't like a sign, it can't be just because you don't like it, because that's actually not even the rule of law. And the notion that we have unbridled power to turn down a sign for any reason or no reason at all is bad government. And that's kind of what the concern is here. In my experience, if you don't like a sign, you or your staff get on the phone with the guy with the application says, we hate this sign. I did that with Target, in fact, when uh, my community did not want brightly colored Target signs. We sat down with the business and they worked it out. The notion that this is somehow trampling on aldermanic power is really kind of mythical. Alderman Ramirez Rosa. Our colleagues have asked us to divide this question under Rule 17. Rule 17 was put into our rules of order and procedure to allow for a fair and democratic debate, a collegial debate. And I believe it's the collegial thing to do, to vote yes, to allow this question to be divided and to respect what our colleagues are telling us right now, which is that they like certain portions of this ordinance, but there are other portions that they have questions about, and they would like the opportunity to take each one of those up separately. The votes are 25 yeas, 24 nays. The motion to divide the question succeeds. Alderman Mitz on Article 7. I now move passage of Article 7 of the Shabiz ordinance. The chair recognizes Alderman Lopez. Alderman Rosana Rodriguez Sanchez and I move to defer and publish this item. The item will be with deferred and published. Ben. <laughs> wow. Wow. I mean, just the legislative flurry, the, the flurry of uh, motions and rules. And I, rule 17. 
to divide a question. We've learned more about the rules. I never even, I did not know about rules. I must confess. There will be a test. There will be a test. Now I'm not a parliamentarian. So, you know, give me a little slack. But this gets back, of course, to the issue of Aldermanic uh, prerogative, which is a, a favorite topic on this show. We've had it many times with Dave, as a matter of fact. Uh, and Alderman Brendan Riley of the 42nd Ward in the Gold Coast was standing up for the right of the aldermen to uh, basically have the veto over all matters that occur in the ward, small to large, zoning matters that affect uh, whether you could build a high rise or uh, whether uh, cafe permits that enable you to have an outdoor cafe or like whether you have an overhanging sign, uh, you know, would, would uh, the size of the sign, the look of the sign, et cetera, and so forth. And uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot, of course, campaigned on eradicating uh, aldermen and prerogative on the grounds that it gave too much power and authority to aldermen and led to corruption, uh, which is an interesting concept to think uh, that corruption uh, only happens in Chicago because of aldermen and because of aldermen and prerogative. Uh, and uh, I, I uh, as Dave knows, we've had this debate. I side with uh, Brendan Riley on this one. I do believe uh, the aldermen, what's... The whole point of having aldermen uh, is to have uh, sort of like a local control and uh, over matters like zoning, et cetera, and so forth. And if your alderman continually acts against the self-interest of what citizens think is in their best interest, they can vote them out. Uh, But if you turn the power over to the bureaucrats, you have no say. And anybody who's dealt with city hall, well, I shouldn't say this because I know some people who've had some who've had met some really uh, helpful bureaucrats. But more often than not, when you go to deal with City Hall, you're dealing with a nameless, faceless bureaucrat and good luck. Uh, and so I'm with uh, Riley on this one. And he makes a good point, I think, at least as far as I'm concerned, that the city council and the administration could provisionally give someone the permit for a sign or for a outdoor cafe, an outdoor cafe after the alderman signs off, and then retroactively pass the ordinance. Absolutely, absolutely, uh, and uh, and you know it's funny because Michelle Smith, who is the alderwoman from the forty third ward, and she was quoted that was Michelle Smith, correct? Yes. Uh, and uh, that's Lincoln Park, one of the wealthiest wards in the city. She's an ally of Mayor Lori Lightfoot. And uh, so she was arguing against aldermanic prerogative and as evidence to support her argument against aldermanic prerogative, she was showing how aldermanic prerogative works. So yeah, it was an interesting thing. And, you know, she was kind of filibustering. She spoke for 10 minutes. And that, that is the maximum allowed time, according to the rules. But nobody else spoke for 10 minutes. And during, and she wasn't there. She was via video conference. And while she was talking, I don't think many people were, like, people were wandering and talking to each other. And finally, at the end, the mayor had to uh, intervene and said, Alderman Smith, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, enough bootlicking for one day, Alderman Smith. <laughs> she was really, uh, she was committed to this one. It was very interesting. So, yeah, I'm going to I may run that past Maria Haddon as well, just to talk about the lay it on the table. What a lay it on the table. No, that is a, a concept that, uh, well, it's just it has so many very suggestive. Uh, it just means I don't like that motion and I want to kick it out. Yeah. You know? And there's, well, a, yeah, there's a hierarchy and there's only a couple of motions 
that cannot be laid on the table. One is to adjourn. So, uh, okay. Uh, we've learned a lot of parliamentary uh, rules today. What's our yeah, final let's clip? Let's get away from these technicalities and go to policy, which is you know kind of where I like to gravitate to. Well, Dennis, please, we're going to do cops next. So after these two marathon meetings at the end of June, the following week, um, 19 aldermen were able to force a third. Huh. Well, that was interesting. The meeting has ended. Hang tight, everybody. I'm going to grab uh, Dave Glowatz and Ben, and we'll be right back. It's the Ben Jarofsky Show. And we are back. Ben, I don't know what the hell happened there. It just I don't know what ended. Happened. Dave uh, Glowatz told me uh, when I just talked to him on the phone that uh, we're going to uh, end it there and go back to cops another time. Uh, oh. And he said, we, I know, I know. <laughs> you gotta, we, did, we gave people quite a bit of uh, city council highlights. Those four uh, uh, highlights were a very informative and helpful in understanding uh, how the city council works and how the mayor controls the city council and how there's uh, the, the aldermen are finally finally uh, punching back. So I want to thank Dave Glowatz. Outstanding job, as he always does. Inside Chicago Government is the name of the publication, his online publication. Uh, and he keeps track of what goes on in the city council. And if you want to see his uh, tips on bicycling in the city of Chicago, Mr. Bike, uh, he does that as well. Very busy guy, Dave Glowatz. And it's very generous of him uh, to dedicate so much time every month to help us out with the city council. So thank you, Dave Glowatz. Also, I want to give a shout out to the man to the legend, the pride and joy of Illinois, all in Illinois, without whom this show would be possible and you know what he's going to do folks as soon as this show's over he's going to start getting ready for tomorrow oh what a week it was oh yeah he's getting ready right now he's like reading articles and getting clips and sound bites and interviewing governor pritzker all kinds of things for tomorrow's show so as dave glowatz will tell you as Jeanette taylor will tell you and as mayor lightfoot will tell you back home in alton they call him dr d give yourself a raise take it out of petty cash See you tomorrow, everybody. Alderman Spazzato. I would like to withdraw my motion to adjourn. The chair recognizes Alderman Harris. I've provided an ordinance to the clerk set in the date and time of the next meeting of the city council. Madam Clerk, please read the ordinance. The next regular meeting of the City Council is on Friday, June 25th, 2021, beginning at 1 p.m. Chair recognizes Alderman Harris. There being no further business before the body, I move that we adjourn by the affirmative vote of all the members present for the roll call to determine quorum. Chair recognizes Alderman Beal. Madam President, we cannot adjourn this meeting because according to our rules of order, there were several Rule 41s that were posted that have to be addressed at this meeting. Alderman Beal, I think you're incorrect. Pursuant to Rule 21, this motion is germane at any time. And I'm going to rule you out of order. Rule the, I, the, chair, the chair has ruled. Chair rec- the chair recognizes Alderman. Uh, the chair recognizes Alderman. Sir, the chair recognizes Alderman Harris. There being no further business before the body, I move that we adjourn by the affirmative vote of all members present for the roll call to determine form. I think we've got to take this step by step. Is your motion to seek approval of the ordinance to set the city council meeting for Friday? That is the pending motion. I ask for clarification. 
Alderman Burke? Unless I've missed something, the Alderman of the 8th Ward, the Chairman of the Rules Committee, made a motion to adjourn. Alderman Beale made a motion to lay on the table. That is the motion that takes precedence, and it is not debatable. One moment. Her motion to adjourn was premature. She's now moved to adopt the ordinance setting the new date and time for the next city council meeting. The motion was premature. I asked for clarification from the Rules Committee chair. She's clarified that. Your appeal is denied. Standing up and yelling without seeking recognition is not something that's appropriate. I have ruled... You appealed the rule, the, uh, the order, the ruling. I have considered your appeal and I've denied it. We are going to, we're going to, we're going to Alderman Harris. The chair recognizes Alderman Harris. Are we going back to my original motion? Yes, to, your original motion, which is to, to set the date and time. That's correct. That is meeting. That's the motion that is pending. And we'll have a roll call on that. Madam Clerk. Are we having a roll call on? On what? The ordinance to set the new okay. date and time of the meeting. Is that what you... Just the date and time? We're not adjourning the meeting? We're not there yet, Alderman Beale. I've already said that. Well, I, I can't tell. One minute we're there, one minute we ain't. So we're having right, a roll Right now is the motion on the floor. Are we having a roll call to establish we're doing the date and the time of the meeting? That's correct. So the motion that you'll be voting on, ladies and gentlemen, is a motion to set the new date and time of the meeting for Friday at 1 p.m. Madam Clerk. Alderman Laspada. The motion simply to set the date and time, correct? Yes. Yes. Alderman Hopkins. I vote aye. Alderman King. Yeah, come back to me. I can't. The rules, if you're in the seat, I have to take the roll call. Ladies and gentlemen, we're in the middle of a roll call. Madam Clerk, please. Alderman King. Does this mean if you vote for this, that if we vote to adjourn, that that would supersede it? This is just to vote on the time and place of the date of the meeting. The, Friday the at one. Adjournment is not before the body. The only motion that's before the body right now is setting a new date and time for the city council meeting. So please. Alderman uh-huh. King? No? Okay. There are 31 yeas. There are 18 nays. The motion passes. The chair recognizes Alderman Harris. My motion is to adjourn this meeting. A motion to lay that on the table? Yes. Alderman, did you call? Pursuant to Rule 21, the motion to adjourn takes precedence over a motion to lay on the table. There's a motion, pending motion to adjourn. Madam Clerk, please call the roll. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage get gig speeds powered by fiber from cox it's internet built for tomorrow today cox always building better download speeds up to one gigabit per second cox internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection speeds vary and are not guaranteed cox terms and other restrictions may apply